Women Taking the Lead, Episode 158. If you're not willing to risk the unusual, you will have to settle for the ordinary. And that is such a great reminder, especially as an entrepreneur and just in life in general, I think, uh, where maybe things aren't going the way you're going or maybe you're having a bad day or things aren't just going the way you want them to. You just have to remember that you're going to settle for the ordinary if you don't risk the unusual. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Jen Hempel, who helps busy, ambitious women transform their finances from being overwhelming to bringing joy, simplicity, and confidence. She is a motivational money coach, an accredited financial counselor, and host of the Her Money Matters podcast. When she's not talking money, she enjoys photography, coffee, chocolate, traveling, working out, and spending time with her husband and two boys. Okay, Jen, that's only a little intro for everyone. So tell us more about you and your own humble beginnings. Sure. And thank you so much for having me, Jody. I'm really excited about talking to you and your audience. I, it's been just so great knowing you. So as far as uh, my humble beginnings, I was actually born uh, in Colombia. And my father's American. Long story short, he fell in love with my mother, didn't know any English, went down to Colombia in hopes that she would <laughs> marry him. So I grew up there for a part of my life. And in there, uh, my parents uh, had these this entrepreneurial spirit, which is interesting reflecting back on that just because of what I'm doing and what my brother's doing. We're both entrepreneurs. Uh, but they... So they had these big ambitions and dreams and goals, but I think they gave up too early in life. So they did have a restaurant, they had a bakery, they even had a discotheque, if that takes me, <laughs> if that ages me a little bit. But one thing, so they had failures with those um with those, with the restaurant and the discotheque. And from there, I noticed that that's when they kind of gave up on those big ambitions and they just went back to like a more a more of a safe haven as far as a job is concerned, right? Uh, so we moved to the States and I don't know the real, real story. I still don't know the real deep story, but I have a feeling it was money related uh, just because my parents were having a hard time financially at that time. So we came to the States to quote unquote start over in a sense. And we actually lived in a... <laughs> in a two-bedroom apartment, have a younger brother, mind you, and he's two years younger uh, than me, but we had to share a, a, a bedroom together, which worked for a while, but once you get in teenage years, you just, you, you don't want to be sharing a uh, bedroom with your brother, so it was only two bedrooms in the house, two bedrooms, one bathroom, so in order to, <laughs> we decided to make the utility closet, yes, the utility closet into a bedroom. That's how we had to make do. So in that time frame, still money was a big issue. There was a lot of lack of. My parents always taught, told me we didn't have money. So it caused me or really propelled me to be very independent because very early on when I was 
10 years old. It was around 10 years old. Mind you, this doesn't happen anymore. I was babysitting newborns. I was babysitting kids. And that was my way of bringing some income. So I didn't have to ask my parents uh, for much, right? Uh, so that really, uh, that really instilled me a sense of uh, be, being very independent for myself. Uh, and that definitely, that definitely helped. But also that lack of money of always hearing that uh, affected me for a long time, too, just because I felt I became this really great saver. Uh, but I hoarded that money in the sense that I didn't really enjoy life because I was afraid to spend it. So that really is, in a nutshell, a little bit of my uh, beginnings and why I'm doing what I'm doing now, uh, because I want to make sure that... Uh, women know their money story and know how they're uh, how they grew up around money how it's affected them today and how they're treating their money uh, based on how they grew up yeah we've talked about this before and I would that I that's exactly what I was going to underscore is how important it is to really reflect on the money story that came out of your childhood like how your parents talked about money how money was dealt with um, in your younger years, because we take those stories with us, you know, in, into our adult years, into our career, and for a lot of us into our businesses. In fact, I was speaking with a woman yesterday. She's not my client yet, <laughs> but we were, <laughs> we were chatting. And after our conversation, she was like, Oh, do you work on this with your clients? And I was like, Well, yes, it's a part of what I do. And it was around creating packages for mm. her business and she was um she's a massage therapist and she was having her clients like pay as they go because she believed like people didn't have the money to buy a package you know to put a lot of money down all at once and you know and so immediately we started talking about money stories and she said I know people have told me that that other people have money but that's not how I grew up I'm like bingo that's exactly, exactly. it yep. you know so it's in really important and I love that you're doing this work with other women to help them just become aware of their money stories so that they can make a choice and you and I have talked about the work that you do and you're so passionate about it I can't wait for other people you know to hear more about that but you're so confident in what you're doing and you know the service that you're providing the women who listen to your podcast and join your programs as well but where I like to to, to start um, this episode right after my guests introduce themselves and give us a little bit of their background is to level the playing field and one thing that does it that because we all experience playing small moments those moments where we've undervalued ourselves, where we didn't realize how capable we were. And so we didn't go after something big because we didn't think we were capable of it. So Jen, if you could take us back to a time when you were playing small and share with us the story and the lessons you've learned. Absolutely. We definitely have <laughs> those moments. I, I would say for me, uh, one of the big ones that really strikes me was just at the very beginning of my journey with this business. And I, the is and one thing that I didn't mention was I'm a military spouse. So one of the things that we do is move quite frequently. So I've always, one key factor in business was making sure that it was mobile uh, for me. And it was a business that I didn't have to start over. Uh, it just kind of went with me as we moved, right? So one of the big things that I learned was online entre entrepreneurship, which really fit perfectly with what I wanted to do 
And I also consider myself very coachable. So pretty much I did what I was taught. But in this instance, it really held me back. I didn't listen to my own intuition of what I was taught that didn't feel good to to me. And that I really was undervaluing myself because I was told, no, you can't be charging so little or no, you can't give away coaching for free. And this was at the very beginning when, in fact, I should have charged charged what felt good to me uh, because then charging something higher, I wasn't confident in that pricing. And so therefore, I didn't sell as well as I could have, right? And I felt like I also should have given more free coaching at the very beginning because that was just an opportunity for me to learn more about who I was serving. That was just an it was an opportunity for that and to just give. Right. I'm a giving person. And I think when, of course, I'm not naming names, but those that taught me in the very beginning, uh, I just because I'm coachable I, and I sometimes tend to follow things by the book, I don't listen to myself. And that was a really big lesson to me because even though experts and those out there have a lot of less uh, answers for you, is it really the best answer and solution for you, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what I really learned uh, from that. Yeah, it's definitely important to try it out to see if it works for you. But if your instincts are telling you this isn't working for me, it's not working for my community or the or the people I'm trying to reach, that's when you have to create your own. And I think that's one of the biggest frustrations, you know, entrepreneurs have when they do, you know, because reaching out and signing up for programs to learn more about how to be an entrepreneur and especially an online entrepreneur is really great. However, mm-hmm. Whoever's teaching that course or program, they're doing it based on their own experience exactly, and the clients they've worked with thus far who tend to be very similar to them. Exactly. And their industry. Yes. Which is maybe mine is in the finance industry, completely different from online entrepreneurs teaching other online entrepreneurs. So uh, it was definitely a big lesson and a lesson that I really needed to trust myself more as well. Uh, and a lesson in confidence too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause you know, and, and I think that, you know, it, it, that's the key takeaway I want to give to, um, the women who are listening, who are online entrepreneurs is to find somebody who's become successful in your industry, you know, who, who reaches the same market you're looking to reach, or at least has a lot of experience coaching people. Um, because otherwise it's a gamble, like not all, um, markets respond the same to everyone. You know, these courses are not always a one size fits all. Even like, I remember back in the day when they talked about posting on Facebook, like here are the best times of day and days of the week (laughs) to post on Facebook. But that, that information was taken from everybody on Facebook. It didn't take into consideration. Are you trying to reach people who work nine to five? Are you trying to reach people who are on Facebook during the day at lunchtime? Like which, you know, which time zone are you trying to reach? Like those numbers are very generic. And if you go by them, they're not going to work. You have to know your audience in order to be um, effective. And that's part of listening to your gut and listening to your audience and getting their feedback as well. I can't agree more. <laughs> All right, Jen, now let's pivot. And I, I'm eager to, to hear about a time in your journey when you had a wake up call. Take us back to that moment and share with us the steps you took that led to your success. 
Sure. That was actually a few, not too long ago, a few years ago, I'd say maybe three to maybe three to four years ago. And no, three, I think. But it was, I'm, and to give you a little background, I'm, I'm a perfectionist or recovering perfectionist. Uh, I'm highly ambitious, a high achiever. Uh, so I went, I came to just a really low point in my life where I felt like a failure. I had this, I don't know if if it was midlife crisis, and I don't know why they call it midlife crisis. That's another story. But anyways, so I really felt like a failure in different areas of my life, not just business, but home life. And my husband sat me down and he's really this great person to give you a pep talk. He's really this very philosophical and really mentor type person that he's really good at those things so and so he sat me down had this little pep talk with me because I was down I was like maybe I should I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing maybe I should just be taking care of my kids and focus on just home because I was like I felt like I wasn't getting anywhere I felt like in our home life like we still had debt at that time we weren't getting anywhere financially it was just I was a wreck and so he sat uh, me down and we, we had a talk because I was like in tears. I was bawling. I mean, it was just dramatically bad. <laughs> it was bad. Uh, but he, um, he basically told me, okay, you feel this way, but let me tell you what you have done. Right. So what have you accomplished? So he literally rattled all these things. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> I didn't realize I had a, well, I didn't really acknowledge what I had accomplished. I only was focused on like what I didn't accomplish, right? So that in that moment, I really realized that I had to celebrate these things, uh, no matter how big or small, because those things, uh, you know, he talked about the uh, family, he talked about business, he talked about the people that I've been able to empower, all those things. um, But I really wasn't focused on those things. I was focused on what I hadn't accomplished, right? So I needed, I started, uh, really I learned from that talking to him that day was to celebrate. And that's something that I've incorporated uh, is really celebrating those things. Uh, it could be as, as simple as just getting through the maybe the three tasks that you, that you wanted to do. Or it could be as maybe uh, selling a coaching package uh, as big as that. Or maybe you found a $5 bill on the street, whatever those case. But it was just really reflecting on the day and celebrate something that happened that day. Uh, so therefore, you're not focused on what didn't happen. So that's really something that I've learned and that I have incorporated. And I literally, I don't sit there and journal. I do more bullet journaling, if you will, uh, where I just reflect on like what I celebrate for the day. And that's something that I also instill in my clients and in my community on celebrating those things, big or small. That's a great wake up call and kudos to your husband to help you get there. Because I think that's really a human trait we all have where, especially if you are ambitious and you have big dreams and you're going for a big goal, the focus is always on what do I have to do to get there, which is great. But when you lose sight of what you've accomplished, as you're trying to hit your goal, you start to lose momentum and you start to lose confidence and you start to feel bad that you're not there yet. But by taking a moment to stop and reflect on all the things you have accomplished, it will give you that momentum, that confidence, like you are progressing, you know, and you need, you need to notice that so that you feel the progress. Absolutely. And I think it does also what it has done, at least for me, is just celebrating those things. It it feels like it 
we all tend to have clutter in our brain. We all, we have, we live life, right? So it's busy, constantly going and all these things with uh, maybe problems to solve or whatever the case is going on. So there's some, you know, we tend to have a lot of clutter in our head, but something about celebrating at least, you know, one thing, uh, it just alleviates. It just kind of gives this tranquility uh, in your mind and in your brain and allows you to think, if you will, it allows you to do more, allows you to be more, it allows you to be more creative in your business or in whatever you're doing. So I think there's just this, I have felt that uh, in just doing that. Uh, because when I don't, and maybe there's a lot of things going on, uh, it just, it, it does, it gives it this feel good uh, moment. And again, like I said, it just allows you to do more for mm-hmm. in some ways. Yep. And you've got to feel good about what you're doing. And this is a great segue into my next question, Jen, because I'm always curious about how my guests describe their own leadership style, because everybody's a little bit different. There are certain fundamentals of leadership that, you know, are the same across the board, like being a good listener, um, you know, and building relationships. But there are nuances to leadership. So, Jen, how would you describe your leadership style? Well, I have to make a confession for a long time. This is my confessional for a very long time. I didn't consider myself a leader. Uh, That was just not, I didn't even think of myself that way. Um, But becoming a mom and becoming a military spouse taught me that lesson that I was. I was literally a leader by default. Uh, because of our lifestyle, I'm in a sense, we're Air Force, but <laughs> I'm using the reference of captain of our ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, my boys look to me as an example. Um, my attitude for the day, uh, my demeanor just has an effect on them. Uh, my, when my husband's away, it's like reliant on me to uh, carry on the stuff of the, of the house, right? To take care of the house stuff. Um, in my t- military community, it's all, we're also, we support each other, but it's also, we, in a sense, we also have to give, uh, we mentor as well. Uh, so I just, for a long time, like I said, it just, I didn't, didn't even, being a leader wasn't even <laughs> in my brain. I'm not a leader, but becoming a mom has definitely, in just the military spouse in general, uh, I realize that I am and there's just so many things to that. And of course, in business, you are definitely uh, a leader. Uh, but I also notice that it, we're all leaders, I think, from the beginning is just a matter of stepping up to it. Like, for example, for all my life, I've been that friend that uh, my friends come to to talk to and become I love building people up. I, I love finding the good in everything and showing them that because when they're down, they come to me, we have a talk and they leave feeling good after that and confident uh, in whatever the issue is, right? So that's also, I think, being a leader. And I think my style is just stepping into people. And this is what I strive for is really stepping into people's shoes and looking from their their perspective to lead, not how I want to lead, but really uh, looking from their perspective and making decisions um, around that. Perfect. And actually, the next couple of questions, I'm switching the order because I would lead with challenges. But actually, I want to start with what you're excited about and then follow with challenges. So just to start, Jen, what's one thing you're working on 
right now that you're really excited about and want to share with us? Sure. Well, what I'm working on, and it's a continual work, but I'm just really, really excited about is my Fearless Money Sisterhood membership program. Uh, and it's a baby in the baby stages. Um, but the reason I'm why I'm so excited is, well, one, the excitement around that from members uh, and people that have recently become members. And it's a program that makes... Um, it, that is affordable. So it's, it's not like the one at my one on one coaching where it's not that it's not affordable. It's just a higher price. Uh, but really, really excited about it with the people that I have in there with what I want to do is just make it my whole vision uh, and mission with uh, my membership program is to one, make education uh, and guidance around uh, money uh, affordable uh, and also I want to be able to, ha to, I want it to be like a go-to source for women. Uh, so that's what I'm working on. We are trying different things and the members in there are just fantastic. Uh, and, you know, it's just trying things, what works, what doesn't work. Uh, it's not a typical traditional membership site where I just bombard them with all this content. My uh, membership program is more about action and accountability. And yes, we definitely have content, but it's really more heavy on the action and accountability. I love that because money can be a scary, intimidating topic. Yes. Even if it's simple, it tends to be something we don't want to face and don't want to deal with. So I think doing it within community, especially for women, is very empowering and helps to alleviate some of the stress that we feel around taking a real close look at our finances. Right. And one thing that we recently incorporated in the program was just a social hour uh, where we get together just virtually, of course, because <laughs> uh, we're scattered all over. But just a, a social hour where we don't necessarily talk money is just meant to connect with each other, get to know each other. And if they bring up money, of course, we can talk about it. But it's just more of a winding down from the week, getting to know each other and connecting. That's lovely. I can appreciate that. All right, Jen, now on the flip side of things, what is the biggest leadership or business challenge you're faced with right now? Definitely leveling up and growing a team. Um, and it's just really, for me, it's just a fine balance of when you grow a team, you obviously um, have to have that uh, revenue consistently, right? Because they're relying on you yeah. <laughs> uh, for uh, for that income. Uh, so it's just for me is just uh, leveling up, growing up a team. Uh, I've got a, a small team right now, but taking that to the next level. Uh, and that's just uh, what I'm working on right now um, is taking it to the next level, of course, with, because um, right now my model in business has been more heavy on the coaching side. And I want to revert or switch gears and have it more heavy on the membership side, which is going to take time because a membership monthly is not a lot of a month. So you have to have more in numbers of people numbers. Uh, and then in coaching, you don't have to have as many clients to make that right. Uh, so it's just sweet. So it's because I am switching those gears. Uh, it's also kind of a scary time <laughs> as well. But it's it's all with patience and uh, and consistency. Well, that's a great segue because my next question, I was curious about 
the support system and the team you have around you that helps you deliver what you do. Because, you know, any woman who has a lot going on, I, I want to really like break that illusion or, you know, dissipate, dissipate that illusion that, you know, women who are doing big things are doing it on their own because it's absolutely not true. So if you could, you know, just describe or give us an overview of the team of people you have around you that help support you to do more and bigger things. Right. Well, currently, uh, my VA uh, and also my editor for my podcast, I also have outsourced just individual projects here and there. So that has been a big help in terms of uh, funnels, uh, sales funnels, those type of things. And really, I think another big component in this is my family and my business friends, because those uh, friends and business really understand wh- what you're going through because they're in it in the same year. You know, they're they're in it just like you. Uh, and my family is here. Uh, they have been so supportive. Uh, currently, my boys, I think, just got up, but they I've already told them, hey, at this time, if you get up. <laughs> Because they're not in school yet. They, school hasn't started at this time, but they've just been really, really supportive when I record podcasts, when I record content, uh, when I'm with coaching uh, clients, whatever the case may be, and they're around. They're just, they're just super supportive with that. So definitely I have to acknowledge my family as well. Beautiful. All right, Jen, now I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice that you have that helps to make you a better leader? For me, what I've been working on recently uh, is self-care. Uh, that is a huge thing. I take one uh, one thing that I do daily is uh, working out, but that's just a, a discipline of mine. Uh, so I I have taken it up a notch because for a while I'm like, well, that's my self-care. Well, it is, but I needed some. I needed it's such a normal thing like taking a shower, brushing my teeth. Uh, so I had to find. So one day a week on Tuesdays is when I quote unquote, don't work. And I say quote unquote, because it doesn't always happen. But my focus for that day is really self um, self care. So I either do something that I don't normally do, like take a yoga class, or maybe that day I'll get my nails done, which I don't do that that often. Something that is just for me that I can completely disconnect uh, from what I'm doing uh, from work. So I can just quiet that brain, all that clutter in my head. <laughs> and what is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? I go, when I think about this, I go back to the classic because I've always, I've learned so much, um, how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. That is just a classic kind of a go-to, it talks about relationships uh, with people, building those relationships, uh, being aware of different personal, the personalities, how to handle that. And being a leader, and I, that's really a good, just a classic go-to book. And one book, I haven't read this book, but my husband keeps talking about it. Uh, and it's called, uh, What You, What Got You Here Won't Get You There. And I didn't write down the name of the author. But oh, it's he Marshall. Re- I can't remember yes. either. Yes, but yes. yes. <laughs> but he refers to it so much when we talk, like he, talks what's going on at work or something and he just just basically refers to that book a lot so there's something in that book Mm -hmm. I've (laughs) read that from the title yeah Mm -hmm. I've read that book you'll love it 
I'm going to I'm going to find the author's last name. I think it's Goldberg, but I could be wrong. Or um Goldberg or Goldstein, I I believe. But yes, that is a fantastic book and actually you'll laugh because our our clients tend to be very similar. We were talking about this before the show. It, uh-huh. It's the perfect scenario for my clients too. They they've hit a certain level of success and they are struggling getting mm-hmm. to the next level and a lot of it is because your strategy for achieving this level of success if you want to get to the next level it has to change. You have to Absolutely. do something different and so I love it. I love the, I you can let your husband know that I've read it and it's great. <laughs> <laughs> and Jen, what advice would you give your younger self? Oh, goodness. This is a big one. I think I would say to have that undeniable, really nothing gets in the way belief in yourself. That is so huge. Uh, and how just being positive and thinking everything's going to go well is not enough. Uh, being positive is great. Having a great outlook in life is wonderful. But really, the really kicker is having that belief in yourself. And I can't stress that enough because I have, <laughs> I'm talking from experience mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, for sure. But that's, that's the advice I'd give my younger self. Yes. First and foremost, believe that you can do it. I love mm-hmm. that. And now share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. Well, I, John, Jim Rohn, I love all things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jim Rohn, if I could have met him uh, when he was living, oh, that would have been wonderful. But and one of the, I love different quotes from him. But one of the ones that I've really loved, if if you're not willing to risk the unusual, you will have to settle for the ordinary. And that is such a great reminder, especially as an entrepreneur and just in life in general, I think, uh, where maybe things aren't going the way you're going or maybe you're having a bad day or things aren't just going the way you want them to. You just have to remember that you're going to settle for the ordinary if you don't risk the unusual. I love that. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) And lastly, Jen, what is the best way for this community to get to connect with you? Sure. Well, just on my website, jenhempill.com, or if you want to connect in our community, we've got one for my Her Money Matters podcast, and that's just at jenhempill.com forward slash community. I love that. And for those of you who are out there and on the go and not near a place where you can write this all down, you know you can find all the links and resources at womentakingthelead.com. Jen's show notes or the blog post that accompanies this episode is right there. If you put Jen Hemphill, and there's an H in there, a silent H in Hemphill, um, you, her her uh, page will come right up and you'll find all the links and resources that she's been sharing in this episode. And Jen, thank you so, so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Oh, I appreciate why I'm better for having met you. <laughs> thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Are you ready to take the lead in your own life but need some support? Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash contact to introduce yourself. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. 
Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining with me and here's to your success.